0: Hello, fans of the Geekspin Podcast, and welcome to our first bonus episode, where we speak to Eric Distad of the Faithful Psychics about FOM, or February Album Writing Month. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, and if you are, perhaps consider supporting it through Buy Me A Coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash geekspinpodcast. Your donations will help me continue to bring you interviews with great artists about the music that you love. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash Geekspin Podcast. And as always, support the artists we feature by visiting their websites and buying their music and merchandise. Now, on with the show.
1: You have my sword, her bow, and their phaser. You have our dragon, her wand, his lightsaber. You have their special dice, her sonic screwdriver. We are. United
0: by what we love. We are united by what we love. All right, everybody, and welcome to the first bonus episode of the Geekspin podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about FOM with returning guest, Eric Distad. Eric, welcome.
1: Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, so first off, we've talked about uh, FOM in the past, obviously, during uh, the Faithful Sidekicks uh, episode, and it keeps coming up. So (laughs) far, three of the four guests that I've had have all been part of FOM, and the fourth one uh, spoke highly of it. That would have been Christian Lipsky. Let's just do a quick recap. What is FOM?
1: FOM is February Album Writing Month. It is a challenge to songwriters and songwriting wannabes which, if you've written a song, you're a songwriter in my book, um, to write 14 songs in 28 days. So it is a challenge to write one song every two days for the entire month of February. Um, some people do more than 14, but the, the, the basic goal, the, the thing to try and drive you on to create is, here's, here's the goal, 14 songs, which is a lot. I, I'm not going to lie to you. It is a, a daunting amount
0: about uh, what percentage of people do you find usually complete all uh, fourteen songs?
1: It depends from year to year, but it's usually in the twenty percent range, sometimes sixteen sometimes as high as thirty but um, it it depends the there's um if you look at it for the the numbers based on number of songs divided by the number of users, you get one set but you you get lots of people who will do. Three songs or four songs, and then others will do forty or fifty. So, but in just straight, what we call the winner circle, people who have beaten the the fourteen challenge and gotten fourteen or more, it's it's around sixteen to twenty percent.
0: Okay, if I remember
1: correctly, Burr might have better, more accurate statistics because that's his gig.
0: Okay, well, let's go in a little bit into the history. Where did uh, FOM start, and when?
1: Um, So, technically, um, it it gets its roots from National Novel Writing Month. Um, In November of 2003, uh, Burr Settles, who was at the time a doctoral candidate in uh, computer science, uh, decided to try National Novel Writing Month. And he wrote... A 50,000-word novel. If if you're not familiar with National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo, it is a challenge to write a 50,000-word novel in the month of November. Um, And it's been a fairly popular, fairly successful thing um, over the the years. Um, It was still only a couple years old at that point. Burr did this challenge, and then after that got done, he was working on writing papers for his doctoral work, his thesis work, and found that it took him far less time, and he was able to form his thoughts and bring them to the page much faster after having done a month of solid words on paper. You know, you, you spend a month writing, even if the writing is maybe not going to be the next uh, Steinbeck or something. It's it's not going to be a huge novel, but it's a novel. It's a it's it's a chunk of words that you've you spent your uh, time churning out word 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 brain 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 now has this methodology in, in how you create sentences and put them together and he was amazed at how much uh, easier the process of writing what would be slightly more dry scientific type papers were compared to how much he had struggled beforehand but he had been a long-term singer-songwriter he had he had a kind of a side gig doing playing coffee shops and bars and stuff like that. And he was like, where is NaNoWriMo for music? Where's the songwriting nanorimo? I want to be able to get stuff done much faster, much easier when I'm writing songs. We 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 don't have that. So he kicked it around and he called I think seven of us initially just Emailed or, or phone called other songwriters that he knew um, to try and figure out a time. Let's let's pick a month, and let's we're gonna just gonna write as many songs as we can in that month. Was kind of the initial pitch. Um, we looked at stuff in the summer, but people had like gigs and stuff in the summer. And we finally settled on February because a it was a shorter the shortest month of the year. B. Um, It had Valentine's in the middle of it, which is always good for a song or two. Uh, And C, um, he was living in Madison, Wisconsin at the time. I was living in uh, Minneapolis at the time. One of the other songwriters was from Fairbanks, Alaska. In February, there's not a lot that you want to go outside for (laughs) at that time of year. So having this month where we're already going to be inside anyway, we might as well spend that time. Um, So... But so the initial, I think I'm gonna tell this story. A, a lot of farmers have heard this, but so initially he called me and said, "Hey, I want to do this thing where we're gonna do uh, a bunch of songs in a month. I'm thinking like February, uh, like doing a whole album." And I'm like, "Great, go ahead. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it." And Jen got wind of it and basically said, "No, you're doing it." What? You're, you're doing it. And she actually talked to Burr, and they both kind of ganged up on me and kind of forced <laughs> me to, to do it. Um, but they were both right, particularly Jenna's right. Um, it was an amazing experience. It opened my eyes. And it before that, I averaged maybe a song a year, sometimes a song every two years, because I was super perfectionist about things um and so getting 14 songs i uh my first year was eye-opening back a little bit in the history so he had approached seven of us um that had kind of shown some interest about the week beforehand three of them dropped out and there was down to just four of us uh willis fireball in fairbanks Matt Hopper in Southern California, Burr and Madison and me in Minnesota. But we were trying to figure out, all right, so how do we do we just do this as an email list or what do we do? And Burr's like, "Well, I can spin up a a web form thing here to 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 help us track our songs." So he spun basically a a CMS uh content management system from kind of some open source stuff and and spun it up on his uh his educational web server um, so that we could track our song progress throughout the month. Um, And the four of us basically jumped into it having no idea what we were doing or what we were starting or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, and then all four of us finished with at least 14 songs. In the case of, I think, Matt Hopper, He did 20 the first year, which I thought was unbelievable. And, um, though I think, I think he quit his day job in the middle of that first year and spent like the last two weeks doing nothing but songwriting. So it's Mm -hmm. good if you can do it. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, so from that first year, because it was out on the internet, um, it started trickling its way into some songwriting forums and some other stuff. And Bert started getting emails from people like, hey, could we do this next year? And I, all right, I guess. And he built a, a new site. And we went from four the first year to like 65, 66 the second year. Um, and the year after that, it was almost 200. And it basically kind of exponentially grew Grew until it hit about three to four thousand, and it basically hovers in the three to four thousand range um, ever since then. Though so the number of songs will flex up and down, um, you'll get more signups and you'll get more active users, but there's there's um, a large group that keeps coming back that are they're kind of the the regular farmers um the family as we we get known sometimes that uh some of them have been been doing farm since 2007 2008 and they come back year after year um that base grows sometimes above 3,000 about 4,000 um there's some things that we looked at about whether we wanted to make it bigger. But the thing that is unique about Farm is everyone's in one giant boat together. Everyone's working yeah. simultaneously with 3,000 other people across 169 countries, I believe. Um, we have farmers all over the place. Um... I think we've had every continent except Antarctica at this point. Um and we're hoping we're 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 hopeful for Antarctica any any day now.
0: <laughs> um, to the uh, Antarctic music scene, I guess, eh.
1: Yeah. It's not a probably a big music scene, but it'd still be cool.
0: Probably involves penguins.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, it's it, I can think of worse things to write songs about, <laughs> and I've probably written songs about worse things. That's a fun thing is if you can think of it, you can write a song about it, so get to it. Your only excuse is time, I guess, or don't want to. Falm is one of those things where you end up in this hotbed of creativity along with a 3,000 other songwriters coming from all walks of life, all perspectives, all views. You're encountering music that you would never hear in any other circumstance. You end up working with songwriters and lyricists, musicians, and, and people playing instruments that you would never normally hear. Uh, in your normal course of you know playing out gigs at local bars, whatnot, you'd never encounter someone who completes an entire album of nothing but theremin songs. But in Falm, that's a thing that would happen because the, the 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 point there is to get busy and create. And we have a motto in Falm, which is um, you can't wait for inspiration; you have to go after it with a club. It's a quote mm-hmm. from Jack London, and the the idea there is you. Get your best ideas when you're already working. If you're waiting around for this sudden bolt of lightning out of the sky that says, Here's the perfect song! Boom! If you don't have your muscles ready, if you don't have your mind ready, if you don't have your chops in line, if your your recording system isn't set up, that inspiration could go to waste very easily. Like any skill, you have to practice. And Fong gives you the excuse to just practice with the idea that, okay, I wrote this song, it's terrible. It's about a penguin, I'm never going to play this ever again, but I had the experience of putting pen to digital paper, putting guitar strings to, to digital recording, and I have, a, I have this song. And in that one-in-a-million case where someone asks for a Penguin song, <laughs> I've got it.
0: Um, do you have any big names that, um, have in that you're aware of?
1: Yes-ish. So we know of some larger names that have gone uh, under pseudonyms, and we also know some that are, you know, decent-sized names in, like, indie rock and whatnot that aren't household names but have a pretty sizable following. But the, the ones that are, are as pseudonyms, I wouldn't reveal their real names. Uh, and the ones that are, like... Of course. Oh, Jeff Pitcher and Plastic Soul and some guys that have done some pretty decent-sized stuff on, like, tribute albums and other stuff like that if you aren't familiar with like plastic soul, uh, Andrew, was it Andrew Wilson? Um, out of Southern California, he's pretty big in, in certain scenes, but he's not a household name, you know? So it's kind of, it depends on your definition, um, of big. Yeah. There's, there's different levels of big, but the thing too about and and this is a little bit, Uh, confusing to some people is we aren't concerned about the content that is posted as far as if you post song titles and nothing else and you lock those song titles but you posted 14 of them we still count it as a win because for us Falm is a self-challenge so there are people who are nashville songwriters who are the kind of the Sub-note songwriters that write for big names, but are not themselves a big name outside of songwriting, that'll do a challenge like this and post like ideas and unlock them um, because they want to have the time to practice and create. They don't necessarily want feedback from other people. Um, they're just marking progress. That's cool. That's great. Um, we're not here as a like a police to say this isn't a song. This is a song. We're just here to provide a way to get people creating and be able to kind of mark their progress. Now, like any community, the more interaction you have, the more you put into it, the more you'll get out of it. So if you're looking for people to respond to songs you create and you want to get feedback and whatnot, then it's kind of on you to put those songs out there, put the whole lyrics up, put the demo up, and generally interact with other songwriters, comment on their stuff. And there's a kind of reciprocity that happens where if you're commenting on someone else's song uh, songs, they're more likely to comment on yours. And everyone in FALM, pretty much across the board, are very, very kind, very nice people. Part of that is because we're doing something kind of crazy. Doing this month-long just sprint of creativity in this these tight constraints, you don't have time to break down someone else's song and tear it to pieces and nitpick it. We're all trying to do this insane thing. So it all we all need to be supportive to each other when we're doing this. And the folks that tend to stick around to FOM are the ones who get that idea of being supportive and welcoming and creative and trying to help give constructive criticism and be able to be above all nice. Um to be supportive and and understand that, hey, this is a new song that didn't exist an hour ago. It's barely got the the wrappings off. And so it's just starting its journey to a completed song. This is the the embryonic idea. That's not the time to take a baseball bat to it. That's the time to say, this part was cool. Keep an eye on that. Keep working on it and not necessarily talk about all the other stuff that was like, yeah, your microphone had a a sound leak and I could hear your neighbor's cat yelling. It's a demo, you know? It happens.
0: How many people have you uh, wound up collaborating with while working with FOM, or doing FOM?
1: Me, personally? Probably a couple dozen. Um, I know some people that their entire FOM output, though, every song they do in a month will be collaboration, and in many cases they'll, you know, be coming back year after year and spreading out with collaboration with collaborators. I have some collaborators that I've done an entire album's worth of material over the years with because once you develop a certain rapport and you know how someone works, it's really fun and yet slightly comfortable to be able to say, hey, man, what do you think of this? You want to run with this? And knowing and trusting them that they're going to take it and make it something that you'll like, but it will be unique to your partnership with them. And so I've I've had several kind of side project musical partnerships that have formed from that, that are all literally just limited scope to FOM. We created these songs together, and great. I've had one-offs with people all over the world. Um, I've had ones that have been recurring uh, on a semi-regular basis. I've had stuff where it's kind of... Yeah, I mean, FOM didn't start out being as collaborative as it is now but it's definitely a thing that has emerged out of it where to the point that several years ago now on leap years when we would have 29 days we would actually raise the challenge to 14 and a half songs with a half song being do at least one collaboration now those who have done collaborations know that it's not half the work It's as much work as a full song and sometimes more, but it's an easy, uh, data point to say it's a half song, but it's, uh, with FOM, you'll have folks that are lyrics only people that will just post 14 sets of lyrics and then like post them. And there's a forum for looking for collaborators and, um, they'll post, you know, links to the songs and say, "Hey, somebody have interest in this, this is what the song's about." And others who are more musically oriented will come through and start putting those lyrics to music and create independent sets of collaborations and you there's a there's a guy out of Texas that goes by the handle Kingwood Cowboy who is the most prolific writer of cowboy song lyrics and has several books Full of just like, here's 500 more cowboy lyrics. Here's 500 more. He has several thousand songs to his name, and only a handful of them have ever had music. He's just prolific in creating lyrics, but then people come out of the woodwork to, to like, I've never tried to write a a cowboy style music song in my life, so let's let's give this a shot. He's probably got a couple of CDs worth of completed collabs of his cowboy lyrics. With a few thousand left on unmusicized musicized a word whatever <laughs> yeah but yeah I mean so of the numbers of songs that are get created in the month I think we figured somewhere in the seven to ten percent range or collabs, depending some years are more than others but um, generally most of the the farmers that I know, tend to do either, like, no collabs at all, everything that they put out is just them, or they'll do about two to three uh, a month, or they'll do, like, almost all their output as as collabs. And there's some bands that have formed through FOM that are purely... They started out as just doing collabs and found that they enjoyed working with others so much that they just kept doing it and have launched into doing more full-fledged work and yeah that's you put a bunch of cl- uh, creative people in a room together and see what
0: happens you mentioned that you can run into instruments that you've never thought about using in the past what's one of the craziest ones that you've ever included i guess in a songwriting process that from through FOM?
1: um for me personally a water bottle i had a uh it's a plastic little water bottle that made the sound when you hit it and I found that if I added water into it, I could get a certain pitch out of it, and so I set it to a loop and was tapping it with like a a pen. I've done cardboard boxes a number of times. Gosh, I've... (laughs) So... You want a weird and random story of why FOM can be crazy? A couple years ago, we had uh, a problem where we had spammers that were hitting the forums. And there was a company out of australia that signed up under an account called easy shed and they were basically signing up to hawk these pre-built aluminum sheds that you could assemble yourself and it was just bizarre the text in the their profile almost didn't make sense it was clear it was cut and pasted by a bot the farmers got a hold of it and started tagging easy shed as a collaborator and they found a video on YouTube of the guy of this guy demonstrating how to put together an easy shed. And started sampling it, and that account won Farm twice in the space of forty eight hours. It had at least tw- I think it ended up with like forty songs total. I, I wrote one. They were all dark and twisted. Mm-hmm. Like the very first song, one of the very first songs that came out of it was "There's a." There's a guy who goes by the name of Sapient uh, on FOM, who is a uh, grindcore death metal artist. Like he has a contract, puts out many CDs of of amazing work. He had this thing about doing these Norwegian uh, black metal death rites in the easy shed with convenient rills for the blood, and I mean, just (laughs) it was it was Insane. insane. It was insane, but once you once that's there, now the sheds were just it got it got strange. But this was the thing: is it was towards the end of the month, we've all just got silly, and the number of shed door samples that were used, people were sharing around door samples because why not? It's just this is once it's one of those things where you would think people are are maybe on something. To, because why is this a good idea? Uh-huh. In retrospect, you look at it and go, wow, that really is weird. But at the time, it was a laugh. And, you know, forty songs in like forty-eight hours, all dedicated to easy shed and the nefarious uses that you would put a shed to. Yeah. And why easy sheds aren't easy and till they are. It just it got so strange. And that's not the first time something like this has happened. There was a whole series of songs. I mean, it, these sorts of things kind of come up. It's a it's an internet phenomenon where you put a bunch of people together and you get these strange stuff. I've heard of people using... There was an entire genre called catcore that um, had sampled meows and cat sounds. And every song in this catcore genre had to have cat samples and it had to have a certain amount of cat samples to be considered catcore.
0: Because you can't... I want to hear this now. <laughs>
1: I, I'm sure there's there's probably some catcore around somewhere. Gosh, yeah. I it, since it's been 2004 and we're now 17 years. Is that right? Uh, technically, I think this year was the 18th year of FALM. I have a lot of memories mm-hmm. going back a long time of some really bizarre and strange things that have come out of FALM. But that's part of the reason why I love it. I mean, you just you never know what's gonna what's gonna come out but it'll always be interesting for the
0: songwriting stay for the weirdness yeah
1: absolutely the people that tend to stick around in FOM, if you if you can't embrace that weirdness you're gonna probably have a very strange time it it may not be for you
0: (laughs) you know what i mean
1: it's it's kind of it self-selects for for people willing to to go with the weirdness if
0: someone wants to get involved with FOM, how do they get involved
1: FAWM.org. Sign up for an account. I think right now, or going, coming up on Monday, it's going to go dormant until probably um, December or January. Uh, December of this year, January of next year, just before the FOM uh, challenge opens. But you would go sign up. You just need uh, uh, an email address. You have to be 13 or older to participate. And. Yeah, once you have a, an account set up, you'll be able to log into the forums and hang out. Song posting opens generally at midnight on the international date line on February 1st and closes on March 1st. So the, the section where you would actually create songs and add comments and whatnot doesn't go live until that point. So up until then, it's just people hanging out on the forums. And there is also the Sister Challenge to FOM that will be coming up Uh, It's called 50 Songs in 90 Days. Um, It is the marathon of songwriting. It doesn't tend to have the same level of traffic um, as Falm, because not as many people find the ability to write songs for three months straight as appealing. (laughs) Um, But that's uh, 5090.fomers.org. And yeah, that'll be coming up. It goes from July 4th to October 1st. And then other than that, there has been, I don't know if there's going to be this year, um, but we have in the past done what are called FOM stocks, which are uh, kind of weekend getaways that FOM participants have done to like hang out, write songs together, and just generally socialize. It's, it's, it used to be a, a more common thing... Um, And it's sort of, there was a stock on the East Coast, I think, 2019. Um, I think they did a virtual one last year, and they're maybe doing a virtual one this year in July or August, Um, but we're thinking about trying to see if we can get some other ones going as well, because as as much fun as to interact with people online, there's always a, a level of connection that you don't get until you've met them in person.
0: So uh, I guess before we wrap this up, is there anything that you'd like to add that you think people should know about?
1: So first off, FAWM.org, The O R G is important. Um, shortly after FOMO started, someone bought the.com before we got to it and turned it into a porn site. So if you're looking up FOM at work <laughs> while listening to this podcast, O R G is the important bit.
0: Maybe we should have let off with that.
1: And um, the thing to to understand about FOM, the things that we tend to always like to talk about with with FOM is any skill level, even if you're just like starting out or you just always wanted to try writing a song to someone who's been writing songs for thirty years. There's there's places for you in FOM. It's very opening, very very encouraging. Like any internet community, you're going to get out of it what you put into it, but it's it's there to promote creativity, and it's a self-challenge to you, and not really to anyone else, but it gives you an opportunity to interact and create music with people from all over the world in a very, very fast pace. Um, there's a lot of different things that go on during FALM that will help with that. There are weekly challenges. There are challenge forums. There are skirmishes, which is a challenge to write and record something, or at least write something, from a prompt within one hour. And the thing to know about that, and like anything in FOM is, you're going to go, what's the, why would, you know, you can't get much done in an hour. The point is to be creative and busy for that hour, and you'll have ideas. You'll be amazed at what you can get done in that hour. And no one's expecting it to be a masterpiece. It's They're just expecting it to be shaped in, in a form. And... That gives you practice in doing a lot of different things. I've had a lot of, I've done several skirmishes where the end result is not something I would ever share with people in mass. I wouldn't publish it on my website, but the, the process of doing it really helped me refine my recording process or my lyric writing process. It's a hotbed. It's a very focused thing. Uh, skirmishes are super popular. There's different tools inside of FOM called like the Muse tools that'll have different ways to do song structures. You'll generate a random song structure or generate series of words based on word connectivity, or it'll break up Bur created a database of song titles that will generate random song titles, taking like the top 2000 top 40 hits over the last how many over years, and then basically breaking as parts of speech and randomizing it and giving you these random titles that almost make no sense but you can have some amazing things come out of those random prompts that if you just let yourself go and go i have no idea what there's talk of soap means but i'm going to go for it <laughs> <laughs> and yeah it's i'm not going to try and say foam is for everyone but it's for people who are interested in trying to work on creativity and to try and practice that skill of songwriting and who are willing to go with maybe a little bit of weirdness
0: all right well i think we'll wrap that up there so eric Destad, thank you very much for coming out today and uh, talking about FOM.
1: not a problem thank you for having us
0: as mentioned in the podcast you can find FOM at www.fom.org. and if you're interested to hear any of the unusual categories of music that were mentioned in the podcast Look at the links in the description for the podcast. I have links to both music from Catcore and Shedcore. That's it for this week. This is the Cory Geek signing off.